It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 707 on a Saturday morning, 70, ooh, the 777, 77 degrees as well. There's some element of luck. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be, but you're lucky to be listening to the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm Walter Reeves. I'm lucky to be hosting the Lawn and Garden Show, which I've done now for 25 years. 404-872-0750. It seems just like yesterday. Yesterday, when I said, oh, great, my son's been born. Well, my son is now 25 years old. He's working in Panama, of all crazy places. He and his sweetheart are working at a resort in Panama and um, having a great time. I FaceTimed with him for about 30 minutes yesterday, and he looked like he was tanned and rested and having a fabulous time. And they're going from there to Nicaragua and from there to Costa Rica and from there back to Atlanta and from there to Napa, California. I can't remember where the poor child is going. Nonetheless, my son as well, those of you who have asked about him, thank you so much. And... Uh, it does seem like just yesterday that I was announcing on the radio that my son had been born. Uh, time passes on. Rachel, speaking of time passing on, let's get Rachel on the air. Rachel, you're on News Talk WSB. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. And speaking of time, I've been listening to you for about the last 25 years. It's get out of Dodge. I am, too. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I wasn't, I'm not sure, Rachel, if I was any better back then, frankly, than I am right, am right now. I have better staff, that's for sure. I have Ashley and Scott. They're awesome. So uh, that's terrific, yeah, because back then I did not have a call screener. And so you got to have better staff when you have Ashley in tow. How can I help, well, Rachel? I have a question for you. I've just uh, moved into a new home, and we've got a very intimidating, about six to eight foot by six to eight foot brambly patch of golden raspberries that are currently producing some fruit, but there is no way in the world I could possibly get to them through all of the weeds and briars. And I'm wondering if this is something I should try tackling this summer, or if it's better to wait until the fall or the spring when um, I might be able to prune these guys back. So... You're, Anything that you can advise me to help make yeah. this uh, gonna a little less scary. <laughs> you're going to have to do something in the fall, but it doesn't have to be right now, and that is great news as far as I'm concerned, other than eat the raspberries. Eat the raspberries <laughs> now. Pruning, we wait until after all the fruiting has been done, because raspberries, like blackberries and other brambles, they're a a two-season crop, which means the first year of a vine, it grows uh, canes that simply have leaves on them, and the second year, those same canes will all of a sudden pop out flowers and fruit, and then will die after fruiting. But there are subsequent little canes that are on the ground that year who will be fruiting next year, and so it actually takes two years for a cane to make fruit. But the canes after they're fruited are no longer useful, and so that's what you do in the fall, is look for the ones that have little raspberry you know, cones left over when they fell off, and you prune all of them because they're not going to do anything, and they will die anyway, so you might as well take them down. And that'll also make you able to see sort of the structure of the whole plant, and you can hopefully, Rachel, get some sort of trellis made, wire and post or some way of trellising them to get them up off the ground. It'll just be easier to manage and easier to harvest next year and so you can do that in the fall or the winter if you want to making the trellis after pruning in the fall 
And I want to mention, Rachel, that one of the interesting things about golden raspberries, because there's a lot of listeners right now saying, golden raspberries? I don't think I've ever seen those at the grocery store. And the reason for that is because they don't harvest very readily, or they do, they harvest too readily. They simply, when they get ripe, will fall off the vine. If you touch them, they just seem to boop right down into your hand. And they don't ship very well because they're so soft, but they are sweet. They're very good raspberries. Excellent, Lon. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah, great thing. Save, my, save myself crawling around in the <laughs> this hot day. <laughs> if I can save you from that, Rachel, then I, my whole Saturday is is good. You don't want to be crawling around, other than crawling around trying to eat and find and harvest the little raspberries that are on the plant. But next year, you'll have a much better behaved plant because you'll have that trellis built. Life will be good next year. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling, Rachel. Yeah, it's one of the things that you have to take into account. The fruit that are available at grocery stores has been, and some, most of the vegetables too, has been bred to be hopefully more tasty, but in some cases simply just better able to be harvested mechanically or even by hand, or better shipping, and we know what happened with tomatoes in that regard. But uh, that is something you have to think about, With some fruit is just better harvested right off the plant. Figs pretty much are that way for me. I would much rather have a fresh brown turkey fig off of my fig bush than I ever would have one off the grocery store because those the grocery store don't taste as sweet. I don't know what the deal with them. Daniel, Daniel's up in Hartwell. Daniel joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Daniel, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? What you got? I've got some blueberry bushes, and they are very well established. Uh, I think uh, my grandparents probably planted them 20 years ago or so, but wow. Uh, they're to the point where a lot of the ones in the center are, are just way too tall for us to, yeah. to pick from. Yeah. And I want to. We've been talking about it, you know, for weeks and weeks. You know, during our picking uh, season here, mm-hmm. uh, about when we should prune them back, how we should do it, and all that. And I just wanted to kind of uh, get your advice on when, when, mm-hmm. and how we should do that. I got happy news for my brother uh, this week. I go down to see my mom on Wednesdays, and my brother, Alan, goes down to see her on Thursdays. And Alan sent a note to everybody saying, hey, you know, mom was good today, uh, had a nice visit. But the blueberries, he reported to the family, the blueberries are really coming on right now. So they picked a pint or two for the caregiver and my mother to enjoy and himself and his wife and folks to enjoy as well. So blueberries are coming in big time right now. But... After the harvest is finished, Daniel, that's the time you can do the pruning. And you mentioned, you know, this was planted maybe by your grandparents 20 years ago, maybe. Yeah. And the deal with, well, just about any plant is the older it gets, certainly fruiting plants, the older the plant gets, the older those old limbs get, the less productive they are. But you can rejuvenate them. And that's what you want to do with a blueberry is to rejuvenate it by pruning the tallest, oldest, oldest, barkiest, and you'll be able to tell pretty easily if you look at all the stems yeah, coming say, out of the ground. Most, most of the ones that have been there for a long time, the, the stalks on them are probably inch, inch and a half. Yeah, and they're the ones that need to go. Okay. They're the ones you can cut them. You don't cut them down to the ground exactly, Daniel. You cut them about a foot to 18 inches, uh, 20 inches maybe, just somewhere off the ground that will encourage them to make new sprouts because those new green sprouts that come off the old trunks are going to be really vigorous. They're the ones that are going to be up and growing during the uh, fall and then next spring. They'll grow big time, and they'll be up oh, four feet high by next year. 
and okay. some of them will start blooming and giving fruit next year, and then it'll mature a little bit further. And the second year after this big pruning, you'll get the main harvest on those newly grown, newly invigorated stems. Okay. So so after our season's done, completely yeah. done, all there's no fruit left, I'm... I'm able to yep. trim them back then. Not, I don't have to wait till the, the fall or yeah, the it's, it's better to go ahead and prune it now because there's enough stimulation, I guess you'd call it, mm-hmm. uh, for new growth to start occurring at the end of the summer on through the fall. And that stimulation to get at least a couple of buds to pop out, maybe more than that, on each stump. And then next spring will have even more stimulation. So, yeah, give it as much time as we can after pruning to, to make some new growth because that new growth is where the, where the blueberries are going to come. Okay, sounds good. All right. I think that's all I need. <laughs> all right, then, Dan, if that is all you need, I'm happy to have supplied it. All right, thank you very all much, right, sir. Man. We'll see you soon. All right, bye-bye. 404 the garden guy, right here to answer your garden questions while you wait. Homer is up in Winder, Georgia. Not Winder in Homer, Georgia, but Homer is in Winder, Georgia. Hey, Homer, good morning. Morning, Walter. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm all right. How can I help? How do I kill a Bradford pear stump? That bad boy wants to live. It's not that they're a zombie exactly, but Bradford pears are genetically made to want to survive longer than probably you want them to. So have you cut it down already? What's the story? Got about a three-foot stump. Got two of them. Yeah. And when did you cut it down? About a year and a half ago. Have you seen sprouts from the roots around it? I've been letting the sprouts go and then uh, taking spraying them around up. And yeah. I'm not getting anywhere. Well, <laughs> Homer, we got uh, a little more time to work here because what your goal eventually is is to starve those roots. And the way you starve any root of any plant is to cut off the leaves or kill the leaves or not have leaves ever appear on those roots because roots – they eat sunshine, and leaves absorb sunshine. So if you cut off the leaves, you're cutting off the, any food to the roots, and they eventually die. And so you're doing right by spraying the sprouts with Roundup. You could accomplish about the same thing just by mowing them or clipping them pretty regularly. But there's not a single thing that will, quote-unquote, kill the roots. No. Uh, spraying or clipping one or the other, and it'll take a year after you cut it easily, maybe two years, before all the root will be all dead. All right, sounds good. I, right. you know, I'm the guy who tells you the truth. I know, Homer, you can go to the store and somebody will say, oh, yeah, you spray this stuff on there and kill it dead in two weeks. Uh-uh, ain't going to happen. Bradford Pear wants to survive. It wants to be alive. It doesn't care what Homer's doing to it. It's going to put out new sprouts for the roots until finally it starves to death. End of story. So kill those leaves. Get those leaves off of it, Homer, and you won't have any Bradford Pear roots after, after a little while. It's 717 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. All right, we'll let this run because we love The Simpsons. All right, yeah. I love The Simpsons. All right, we got to get out of here. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, we think of Mother Nature, perhaps mothers, your own mother. Well, Mother Nature is using us as her little easy-bake oven today, and she has just turned up the heat so the cookies can cook in there. Partly cloudy skies, 20% chance of rain, highs in the mid-90s. 
Yeah, you can bake a cookie on the sidewalk today. Today, partly cloudy skies tonight, I should say. Remain overnight lows dropping into the mid-70s. And for in-depth news coverage, remember to pick up your Atlanta Journal-Constitution, where you have great coverage of what scandals are going on in government right now, plus $122 in coupon savings. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Scott, retype line number one because I think it's Tim and it has disappeared on me right now. All right, no, 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 no. We promised we, because he dropped off about three times. And bingy boom. Tim, whoever's on line one with the Crate Worlds, talk to me now. <laughs> Is that you? Yeah, man, we're here. Okay, but uh, I've Crate Worlds. I've been in my home 21 years. Yeah. And they quit blooming about. I quit cutting them back several years ago. In the late in the season, I'll get maybe a few blooms. That's all. Huh. <laughs> what color are the blooms, Jim? Uh, the, the purple, reddish ones. Okay. Boogity, boogity. You know, usually, usually I can make fun of people and say, well, why did you prune them so much? That caused them not to flower very well. But, Jim, you haven't pruned yours, and it's still not flowering very well. Several years. very In the, in the sunshine, they like a lot of sun. Yeah, sure. Not all day long. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And she's fertilized them the last couple of three years. Yeah. Don't do no good. You know what? It's sort of like I had a lady on about half an hour ago, Jim, and she had her cucumbers and melons and squash just weren't putting on like they ought to. And I simply said, you know, you just have to wait and see because the plant wants to bloom. Her cucumbers do. Your crepe myrtle does. And for reasons unexplainable to me, to nature, to anybody who drove by, it's just not. And so, Jim, I think you just have to be patient. I don't have an explanation of why. Heavy pruning sometimes causes poor blooming, but you didn't do that, so I don't have. Well, you, you, a few years ago, you talked about murdering them. Yeah, yeah. And they're about, oh gosh, twelve or fifteen feet tall. Yeah. Nice trees that just get very few blooms, and boy, they used to be just full. You know, the great thing about nature, Jim, is that many times plants, even when they're not flowering, are pretty attractive anyway. And so you're going to enjoy the foliage this year and the attractive stem structure and the trunks and the bark and all the other things that crepe myrtles give us. Sadly, it doesn't sound like you're going to get many flowers on it. But if it does bloom, I mean, give me a call. Give me a call in two, maybe three weeks from now, and let's see if anything actually pops out and starts happening. All right, bud. I appreciate it. All right, Jim. Great talking to you. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty is the number on Lawn and Garden. In a couple of minutes, we'll be talking to Dimitri up in Winder. There's a pear tree weighing down the branches. Dimitri, I want you to think in your brain and think if you know who Cousin It was. All right? All right, if you know who Cousin It was, then we'll have a productive conversation about your pear trees and their weighed down branches. Right now, it's 727. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. Oh, you set my mind at ease. There is no doubt you're in my heart now Said woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine All we need is just a little patience 
and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 736, 77 degrees outside. It's a Saturday morning on the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm Walter Reeves. And yeah, okay, 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 you heard me say. It's going to be hot. Mid-90s this afternoon. Okay, okay, okay. Brad's not doing us any favors by giving us the forecast. It is just that's the way it's going to be. 404 I'm just tired of talking about the heat. Why don't we talk about cool weather? Cool weather somewhere else in the world. Seattle. All right, Seattle right now, 60, 63 degrees. It's going to be, hey, hey, if you were in Seattle tomorrow night, 52 degrees overnight in Seattle, Washington. What a nice place to go. That would be very, very nice to go here in Atlanta. Not a chance of that. 737 404 872 750. Dimitri is in Atlanta and driving around Hello. Atlanta. Hey, Dimitri, good morning. Hey. Hey, man. How are you? So, Dimitri, do you know who Cousin It is or was? Yes, I do. And are you telling me the Adams family has something to do with my pear tree? I'm telling you Cousin It from the Adams family <laughs> has something to do. Because when I go to see my mom, I look at the pear tree that's uh, out by the highway, and it looks a lot like Cousin It because oh, yeah. of the weight of the pears of breaking down those limbs yeah. and how I so distinctly, distinctly remember, Dimitri, my dad, when I was a teenager living on the farm, this would be the time of year when we'd be up with two-by-fours and branches with little Y crotches on the end, propping up the pear limbs because if oh, you didn't, they'd all break I off. Hoping, yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Yeah. You either do it or they break off. So, wow. <laughs> Dimitri, your wow. choice. So I, um, so I should stake them in the ground and then pull them back with like maybe some cord or, and then tie them off to try to get them back up. I have I actually I have something in there, but I had no idea they were going to just be so heavy. I've had them yeah. for a while. They've given out great pairs over the last couple of years. Yeah. But this year, they're, so, they're not even ripe, and they're so heavy, they're, yeah. they're snapping. They're do you remember ripped. what variety pair you have, Dimitri? Um, is this that common pair that you find in the store? I mean, they're always really big and really pretty. Um, we had barrels of them last year, but this year I don't think I'm going to be able to say that. And this is a deal, when you're supposed to do what I'm about to tell you, it breaks your heart. Because what you're supposed to do, what I, my dad really was supposed to do, was to thin the fruit back in mid to late May, I guess, when the fruit was just a little bitty thing, when it was about yeah. that big as the end of your thumb, and uh, that's when you're supposed to take off fruit, so there's about one every six inches or so down the limb. If you wow. do that, you'll mm-hmm. have big, pretty fruit. The limbs won't break off, except in May, you're thinking, man, I want some pears. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. thing with my dad. He just refused to take off any fruit, and so he dealt with the consequence, and the pair by the highway wow. is the result. And yours will be the same, Demetri. You decide. Oh, my goodness. Well, next time, I guess I'll just have to do that. Do you recommend me just maybe shaving it all down and just 
wait until next year and start another. No, 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 no. What I would do, mm-hmm. if you truthfully want to know what I would do, yeah. I would go out with sticks and limbs right now and prop up those, prop up the okay. branches of your pear tree, okay. and okay. consider, you know, look at the shape of the tea, tree, Dimitri, and think I could probably lose one limb here and one limb there, gotcha. or maybe shorten some limbs back a little bit so there's not uh-huh. so much weight out on the tips, gotcha. and you know, make it a little structurally sounder than it is now. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. I've never called in before, but that's great information. Thank you so much. Me too. And it was really easy talking to you, too. Thanks for calling. Okay. Okay, Bye-bye. We'll see you, man. we got Tom in Duluth, Georgia, joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Hey. Hey, Walter. What's up? Hey, we had to cut out a crepe myrtle because it was tearing up some outdoor stairways. But this trunk is about 18, at least 18 inches wide. Uh, It was... People told me it was the biggest crab myrtle they'd ever seen. Yeah, that's But we enormous. drilled at least 20 holes in that stump, including in, on exposed roots and poured in that stump kill yeah, sure. liquid. And this was three years ago. I am still getting sprouts <laughs> 30 feet away from the side of that stump. Yeah, yeah. Any way to, to stop that. Did you hear me talking to the guy with the Bradford pear? Same situation, had a big Bradford, and it was still killing sprouts after a couple of years. And I would say Bradford pear and crepe myrtle are the two most likely to succeed no matter what you do to them, (laughs) plants in the world, because the crepe is like the Bradford pear. Wherever those roots spread over the many years that your crepe myrtle lived there, and it lived a long time in that one spot, all those roots are thinking, all right, mama is gone because Tom has cut us off, but we're going to make little leaves, little sprouts, little somethings here to have little baby crepe myrtles 30 feet away from the mother plant. And all you can do is continue to cut them down. Okay. All that stump kill stuff does is kill the tissue around where you bored the hole and poured it in, but it only goes oh, four, five, six inches maybe on the root or on the stump. So it really, the stump kill stuff didn't do much to kill the roots 30 feet away. So spraying it with, uh, you know, professional strength, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, those seed those sprouts that really doesn't do anything it just kills them temporarily it kills that kills that area yes temporarily but then the area 18 inches away on that same root says hey chemical didn't get to me i sprout <laughs> and it sprouts up and there's tom thinking what am i going to do now you cut it down there and then you move out another 18 inches cut it down there it's just persistence <laughs> that's what you got to have all right hey Thank you very much. Practical information and the truth based on experience, research, and everything else in the world. Yeah, stump killers, uh, you can sort of have most of them. They don't do exactly what they promise on the label. Of course, many things you read the label, it doesn't do exactly what it says, but we're not going to talk about that today. That's not our job today. Our job is to tell you what to do to be more successful in the landscape. 404-872-0750, the numbers that Charlotte dialed just a couple of minutes ago, and now she's on the air. Hey, Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning. I have some azalea bushes. They're encore azaleas, um, the the smaller varieties, and they just look sickly. They've (laughs) got faded leaves, and on the bottom of the leaves, there are little brown spots. And they're still continuing to grow, um, but they just look sickly. And when I'm you say the there. bottom, do you mean the back side? Yes, of the, leaf? the under the underside oh. of the leaf. Oh, 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 I know what that is. 
And this is another one of the several entrants in the What Would Walter Say game that people play as they drive around Atlanta and listen to the show. And there's about 20 people right now with their hands in the air saying, Charlotte, Charlotte, we know what it is, too. It's uh, <laughs> Azalea Lacebug. Because those little brown dots are the telltale sign. Those are where the little lace bugs went to the bathroom on the backside of the leaf, because that's what they do. They suck the juice out of the leaves, making them look very faded, sort of yellowish, stippled look if you look at them early in the season. And then when they can't digest what they don't want to digest, out comes the little brown dots, and the back of the leaf has that, and the lace bugs, that's what they do. I figured it was a bug, so what do I do? Ah, now here's the answer. There is fortunately a great answer for this. If you want the organic way, then you just have to be really good about examining the leaves and learning what a lace bug looks like. And they're not the easiest thing to spot on the back of a leaf, but not hard once you see what they look like. And you start spraying with either the organic insecticidal soap or horticultural neem oil, maybe, Early in the spring, like sometime in early May is when the first generation comes out. So if you get the first couple of generations by spraying every three weeks or so, you won't have much lace bug damage at all during the summer now. But now, uh, the soaps and the oils are going to burn the leaves if you apply them in the heat like it is today in the next couple of weeks. So what I would do now is choose a systemic insecticide. And there are two or three to choose from. This Bonide has Bonide systemic granules. Bayer has Bayer tree and shrub. And you put those on the ground, I think. You just put them on the ground and then drench the ground with water. And it's absorbed by the roots. And it kills. It makes the sap poisonous, so it kills the sap-sucking insects, which lace bugs are. Okay. So easy, easy to do now. Pretty easy to do in the spring. Either way, we don't like them. We don't want them on our, on our azaleas because they make the azaleas look really yellow and bedraggled, and you, have, you deserve better. You deserve better, Charlotte. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Azalea Lacebug, that's what it is. Thank you. Everybody driving around, put your hands down. Now we've solved it. Charlotte is happy, and she's on her way. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Charlotte. Lynn joins us to take Charlotte's place. Lynn is in uh, Marietta and joins us. Hey, Lynn. Hi, Walter. Nice to talk to you again. Good to talk to you, Lynn. How can I help? I have a question on one of my azaleas that has yet to bloom this year, and uh, it's called the Tiki Bar Hibiscus Rosa Sinensis. I'm oh, okay. not sure how to pronounce it, but... Rose of Sharon. Beautiful, green, lush. I've been fertilizing it with the Malorcanite or whatever that was. Right, that yeah. gave away at Pike Nursery. Super. Not one bloom. Where are they? <laughs> and how long did you say you planted it? I planted um, it when when you were up at the Johnson Ferry Pike, I don't know, it. three months ago? You know, <laughs> it could be that it's just growing so fast that it's forgotten that it was really supposed to reproduce this summer. Because it should be blooming right now. Rose of Sharon should be blooming right now. And I, I've had dealt with this a couple of times already today about plants that have, haven't bloomed as expected. My expectation, Millorganite is a good fertilizer, nice slow-release organic fertilizer, and my expectation is the Rose of Sharon is a little slow because it's been just growing so fast in its first year in your garden that it eventually will. It should have some buds pretty quickly if you don't see the buds now. I think by a week from now, you may see the little buds starting at the tips of the branches. Okay, because my other two hibiscus are beautiful and lush, and can I keep this over winter in the garage? Why do that? Keep it outside. Hibiscus roses and instance. It can live outside? Yeah, sure. Oh, well, good. All right, that's good news. All right. 
Have a good day. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, Lynn. Okay, bye-bye. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. Mysterious and spooky, they're all together, ooky, the Adams family. All right, speaking the of ooky, Ashley looks at the jam cam around Atlanta, and there are little puffs of smoke all over Atlanta right now from people who heard me say just now that hibiscus rosa sinensis was hardy outside. No, it's not. I screwed up. I was thinking of something else. Hibiscus rosa sinensis is the tropical hibiscus that you don't leave outside during the wintertime. Hibiscus syriacus, that's Rose of Sharon. That is hardy outside. So the caller who uh, got the mistaken advice from Walter, that's one. All right, that's one wrong answer this morning, but I was completely wrong. Her hibiscus should come inside during the wintertime. Why it's not blooming, I do not know, but it probably will soon. But it certainly won't bloom if you leave it outside during the wintertime. Speaking of the weather, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, two very important words you need to know today, and they are air and conditioning. Stay inside in the air conditioning because you better make use of it. It's going to be hot in hot Atlanta. Mid-90s today, of course it is, and tonight, mid-70s, just like it is right now. 77 degrees outdoors. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. Since 7.55, we got Doug in Hampton, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Doug, turn that radio off. You don't want to listen to that. Listen to me. Five, we got Doug. Doug, 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 Doug. Oh, Doug. Let's go to Bill then. Bill, 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 Bill then in Snellville. Hey, Bill, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you doing this morning? Doing all right. What's going up? Well, I, I listen to you every morning, and you talk to these real talented gardeners, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just the opposite. I'm a guy that whatever I touch it, it's going to shrivel up and die except for the weeds. Yeah. I've got a lawn that is is terrible. It's I don't know how much is really grass, and probably most of us weeds. Where does a guy like me that doesn't know anything about uh-huh. growing anything even begin? You get all kinds of advice. All right, we'll stop. I, I only have about two minutes, uh, Bill, okay. so let me start you right here. What kind yeah. of grass are you trying to grow? Uh, fescue. And does it have full sun or partial sun, or what's the situation? Yeah, yes and no. The front full sun, the back there's trees that, that, that don't, but it dies in both places. Fescue in full sun is really, really hard. Experts can do fescue in full sun. You and me, I don't have fescue because it was too hard. I couldn't get the fescue to grow in the summertime. So, Bill, if I can't do it without professional help, you can't do it with professional help because fescue has got to have a really deep root system to survive 90-whatever bump degrees it is today and 70 bump degrees at night. That's just not fescue land at all. If you okay. really want my advice, it would be to go over to something that loves the sun. Bermuda grass. Get Bermuda grass and grow it and plant it and be happy and have a nice green lawn in the summer and a little brown lawn in the wintertime. That's the first choice is what grass is best for your site and your skill level. And I would say Bermuda is your okay. choice. How do you kill what you already got that's terrible? You, you go to my website. Since I don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but you go to my website, just type in Bermuda. And it'll have a, a page on Bermuda growing from seed, Bermuda growing from side, Bermuda watering, Bermuda weeds. And read some of that. I mean, 
like I said, stay in the air conditioning today. This is a good thing to read. Take a little nap this afternoon after you read my stuff and get the deal about how to uh, plant Bermuda grass. And I think you'll be a lot happier in the long run finding a grass that suits your skill and your situation than trying to grow fescue because the seeds are cheap. All right, it's 7.58. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. And she says, I wish that I could.